Riverside Chats. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. Uh, hey, guys, we're uh, this week we're actually going to do something a little bit different. Um, instead of a film, uh, Levi pitched the idea to us of why don't we just go ahead and sit down and talk about something adjacent to um, what we normally discuss, horror, sci-fi, adventure. And the idea came up of, well, why don't we talk about horror TV shows, how they've changed and our experiences with them and things like that. Just let it be a free-form conversation, see what comes out of it, and see if you guys like it. Um, So as normal, we've got Gil, Levi, and Justin here, all three of us, normal hosts. And uh, this will literally just be kind of a free-form thing, guys. There's not going to be any rhyme or reason to it. We're just going to toss some things out and just have a kind of a cool conversation, see where we land. So let me toss it out there. Hey, guys, horror TV shows. Give Give me some names of some shows. What do you got? Well, I know that in in the show that uh, Justin and I have touched a little bit on Walking Dead and Walking Dead being one of the most watched shows in cable history. I think we could start there probably. Yeah, I I like it. I mean, I think you guys have a little more background with consistently watching it than I do because I have seen the entire first season. I know a majority of what happens. I've read a fair chunk of the comic book it was based off of, but I know there's been some divergence on it. I'm bit. pretty shocked that the show got as popular that is, as it did. I well, think, I think that it, the show was... Oh, go ahead. Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I think the show's popularity has to do with people's weird new obsession with, like, cable shows, like the water, you know, the, the, the kind of, like, water um, cooler chat shows that were popular in the mid-2000s till now. Um Someone the other day mentioned it kind of started with Nip Talk. And there's, there's a lot of these kind of prestige shows, which are very highbrow, sort of talked about, well-liked cable dramas. And I think Walking Dead kind of spun out of that. Like, you know, it, it it's, it's similar in ways to something like Breaking Bad more than it is something like, you know, Adventures of Hercules with Kevin Sorbo. It is a fantasy show, but Mm -hmm. it's not a fantasy show in the realm of that. And I I think that's why it's so popular. It's not not really because of the fact that, uh, and True Blood's like that too, not Mm -hmm. really because of the fact that it's a great show, but more because of the fact that it's a very talked about show. Entertainment magazines cover the show. Websites cover the show. People come to work and talk about it after it's done. But with the subject matter, I guess that's what threw me is, is I know I, in my lifetime, I guess I, being a horror fan, I never expected a show that centers around one of the big staples of horror, zombies. Um, and, and keep in mind, I do know the show has shifted away from focusing on the zombies to be more so people reacting in a post-apocalyptic setting. And it's a lot about the character development now. I get that. And there's a lot of money put into the show as well. It's very well shot. But I did not think that something that had exceptionally hor- horrific elements to it like this would be on primetime TV. Well... Think about it in terms of this. You live in a world where I can go into a Walmart and the, you know, preppy girl behind the counter or the jock will know who Iron Man is and they'll know what the Hulk is. And so it's not that far fetched that when someone takes something and cares for it 
and actually sits down and goes, hey, we're going to make this thing and seriously make it and not make a joke out of it and not make fun of it and treat it seriously. Even, <laughs> if, the subject, even, even if they're going to be funny with the subject matter, they're, not, they're treating it like it's real subject matter, like people care about it. And that's what makes the that's big difference. Almost, it almost sounds like that's something some people are doing with another show that's tied to this thing. Hmm. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Your, your self-promotion there? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> what do well, you think, Levi? Well, one thing about uh, Walking Dead is it started out, like you were saying, it is about the characters, and that's what um, Robert Kirkman intended when he started writing it, was he wanted to know what happened at after the credits rolled in a regular zombie movie, and he wanted to examine that. And I think another thing that we can't really mention the success of walking dead without mentioning the involvement of Frank Darabont at the very beginning, because he had a vision to make this very high quality character study almost that just happens to be in the zombie apocalypse. And he ran into a lot of roadblocks. I don't, I don't remember them all specifically, but I've read a couple of articles and heard some things that he just didn't get a lot of things that he thought he would in the, the production of those first few episodes. And I think they even sort of chopped up the footage that he got and it turned really? into a different show. Yeah. They, and, they mistreated Darabon badly and then yeah, fired sure. him, you know, at the end of the first season. And he brought, yeah, and he brought a bunch of the, a lot of the acting talent came because of him. And um, I think one of the last people that got on because of him is the woman who plays Carol, um, which by the way, we might have spoilers for some of these shows we're going to talk about. We'll try oh, not yeah, to. yeah, yeah, yeah. Huge spoiler <laughs> I mean, alert. Spoiler for Huge Walking Dead. spoiler alert. I, at this point in my, I, I actually, I, I didn't come ready to trash this show, but I actually stopped watching the show, so I don't know about anything that's happening currently, but I did, I did watch from seasons one through the beginning of six, mm-hmm. I want to say. And well, I, I will say that, like, the quality drops hard after season one when the writers yeah. all got fired because right. they wanted to do basically what changed in the show was people complain a lot about the second season and the whole stationary nature of the show. Mm-hmm. And that was all because of budgeting, because they basically right. came to Darabont and were like, hey, can you move this show indoors in a set spot <laughs> and then also not do as many zombies? Right. But we're also going to give you more episodes to shoot with less budget. Right. And so it, it was While a really still being the number one. Yeah. Uh, cable show on television. That's insane. Yeah. But and I, it's, I, so it's ahead, been plagued by those sorts of uh, huh. decisions what? throughout, just uh, decisions that were made to make more money or, you know, we got to ship this to here. And um, one podcast I listen to a lot is the Bald Move podcast on uh, Walking Dead. I think it's called Watching Dead or something. But um, they talk a lot about these issues of just sort of you know, AMC wants to make money, but they don't want to put money back into this show that is so popular. And one thing that really gets me that's happened time and time again in the last few seasons, because I watch it, I watch it with my wife and I wouldn't say I enjoy it, (laughs) but I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen next. At this point, it's just a spectacle. And that's not what I wanted when I started watching it. But you know, now they've got tigers and, uh, a guy that 
beats people to death with a baseball bat with barbed wire well, wrapped around for, for, it. So. For one, that guy is from the comics. Like that's well, that's it's all from the comics. Negan was actually, a, yeah, yeah, actually they're knew, all from I knew the comics. Coming. But the that's tiger saying, thing, though. the tiger thing, I don't know what the fuck that's all about. That's from the comics. It's <laughs> all from it the comics. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But so at this point, it's just a spectacle. I'm saying they're taking these fantastic things from the comic books and it's making it a spectacle, but they don't bring any punch with it or any depth and that is to the degradation of the show in my eyes and yeah. i take it a lot less seriously than i did in that first season as something that can be up there with some of my favorite shows like mad men or breaking bad as far as telling a story and See, I, can't even, I couldn't even watch mad men but I, I will <laughs> say i will say that my problem with with walking dead is even the spectacle of it my problem is more that the show works in a sort of swing between being interesting and just being not interesting they'll tread yeah. water for like six or seven episodes and then right before the end of the season or the middle they'll ramp it up to this climax and then they'll come back from their break resolve the climax and then tread water right. and they they've, yeah. they've done that since basically season two at this point mm-hmm. and i i just i sort of realized it season four into five and then yeah. after five i was like I, I i mean there's some really cool you elements the but there's yeah, some really cool not, elements worth, to it but, but it's, it's not worth it, coming it, back to it i mean that that was my thing is is like even even the really like top like like negan beating the hell out of those guys affected me on a visceral level but that was it it was the top of the roller coaster or the tip in the roller coaster you know what i mean i mean mm-hmm. Beyond that, I like there was nothing else that stood out that made me say, "Hell yeah, I want to stay here," you know. And that's not knocking the show. That's just my personal thing. I think it is a very well made show. It's along those oh, along those lines, though. Another well made show that I think has been well received, has consistent fan uh, following, is American Horror Story. Never seen it. <laughs> oh, Justin, no. you're missing out, dude. Are you current, you Gil? Have you watched the latest season? Uh, I watched uh, uh, Hotel. Co- coven uh i haven't watched hotel yet oh okay um and an interesting fact to everyone out there do you remember when we were first working on midnight lair that <laughs> yes. you and i were gonna start a podcast on season one of ahs and we never and got we, around and we to just it could not get our s together that would have been <laughs> right. great that's, that's that probably been awesome. back when we were still doing D, right yeah, yeah yeah we were still going okay. to uh to we're still going over the to gauntlet. Uh, Asgard. Yeah. Asgard, sorry. The gauntlet was a D&D group. I was going to say that American Horror Story is one of those things that I've, I've talked about watching and people I know watch it and I just mm-hmm. never got because I'm not a big horror person especially when TV comes into it because mm-hmm. someone's cat's here yeah um, <laughs> yeah burrito <laughs> one, my cat burrito wanted to guest on the, uh, the guest, awesome. guest voice but Ooh. um it's it's not that I thought it would be a bad show. It's just and also anthology shows are such a mixed bag, you know. Right. And yeah, but this one this one is really like <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna act like I'm the promoting guy for this show. But it, it it has consistently every story arc been very good. Great actors, great storytelling, amazing visuals, visceral reactions to things they're doing. Um, no, the, the the sameness you think you would get with having a consistent actor set that that is in each season, you would think, oh, it's going to get the same performance. No, you get new and genuine performances out of each of these actors every time they do something yeah. on the show. And it's people like Jessica Lange and um, oh crap, I forgot her name. She played uh, Marie Laveau. Lady Gaga. I just went. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, 
Oh my gosh, she was in Stella got, her, Stella got Her Groove Everyone's back. yelling. Uh, yeah, everyone um. right now is yelling at us. Like, you have the internet in front of you. Just look it up. Doogie Howther's there. Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett, yes. Angela Bassett. Well, I mean, she's Angela Bassett, but she's amazing in, in every episode that she's in even. just um, Yes. Did, she is just... She's not even chewing up the scenery. She's just taking it and going, this is mine. Yeah. This is all mine. And so you didn't see the latest one that was, um, I can't remember what it was called. It was uh, uh, about the house, like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, no, no, I haven't, haven't seen, seen that. One. Okay. Because uh-huh. she actually, the, the conceit for this season was they were doing a show that was about an actual haunting. So it was like a haunting on the history channel or something. And so that's cool. They have one set of actors that are playing the quote unquote actual people. And then they have other actors, which I would say are generally the better actors play the, um, actual people spirits no no no. it's the actual people it's it's like ghost ghost hunters or whatever they're they're doing a thing about the ghost and they have like like these people are telling their story and and they're on a documentary about it and so there's one set of actors who play the actual people and then there's another set of actor actors that play the actors that played them and angela bassett i think she plays the actress who played one of the main characters who this happened to. Uh, And it's, it's, it's an interesting structure. And when it started out, I was very wary of it, but it turned into something pretty interesting. And for me, something I really like about it, I was never really into horror. um, But I like that it, it brings all these different elements and cribs from all different kinds of horror and, and smushes them all together into this one theme that it has. And there will be episodes that have sort of, that go swing in one direction and then it'll swing into another, you know, one episode will be more psychological. The next episode is almost body horror, you know? So oh, I love that. I'm, I'm going to have to catch up on the season then because yeah. I really like this one. I like the carnival one. Oh um, yeah. That was just with a Bertramore accent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which Kathy Bates has some crazy accents. It's a, it's a binge. It's a binge watching show. It seems like too. For sure. It really yeah. is. Cause you want to, you want to, you want to just, it keep, can be pretty rough. It, I'll warn you there, especially the hotel yeah. season, like the first few episodes, uh, I listened to a couple podcasts about it. And some, some of the people were saying that Ryan Murphy was just making sure everyone that was there by the third episode wanted to be there. So he just put all the, <laughs> cause it, it wasn't as bad as it went on, but like the first few episodes, have some really intense things but yeah it's definitely one that you can benefit from binging because you will pick up things that you won't pick up as well week to week so i definitely yeah. recommend it's a good binge i mean it, there's some there there's one that's one of the problems with like a horror tv show especially like a real like not even really visceral horror but like a cerebral horror show you have a problem binge watching those mm-hmm. um it comes to mind is black mirror which is oh, yeah. on Netflix. I'm not up on that, but <laughs> Black Mirror. I don't know that one. Okay. Don't? Well, oh. I won't say anything no. about it because if I, if I, I'd spoil you if you. If I, the first episode of Black Mirror is probably one of the most horrific hours of TV I've ever experienced. Really? Like it's 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 not horror in the sense that there's like zombies or mm-hmm. ghosts or anything or even blood. It's just a horrible situation that you could see potentially actually happening because there's nothing unrealistic about what goes down. And it basically, it, it, it takes you on a journey of where you're both afraid the show is going to go there, 
but not sure they have the balls to. Oh, and it's cool. it's really, really, really hard to watch. And the show after that lightens up, but I, I think that it was really... I think that they... It's a British show, and it's on Netflix, and I think that what they did was they had a, a slate of episodes, and it's also an anthology show, but unlike uh, American Horror Story... It's episode to episode. Right. So every episode introduces a new character and situation. And so, like, just, like, to give you, like, small backstories on different ones, there's one episode where this girl is trapped in, like, a world where she's running from these people who are hunting her, and they're, like, hunting her through the woods, and she doesn't know what's going on. There's another episode where um, the guy who's from Get Out, the, the main character, he's mm-hmm. inside this, like, tower sort of area where... Um, they live to work for this company to power the city. And so, like, they have to ride a stationary bike to power the city. And they discriminate really hard against anybody who's overweight because if you're overweight, you're definitely not riding a stationary bike. Right. And then you earn credits by doing the bike riding. And the credits allow you to buy a ticket to go on, like, this American Idol-style game show. And so everybody kind of, like, uh-huh. wants to do that to earn their way out of this, like, lower you know, dredge of society. And they're, they're all different things like that. And some of them are going to be by nature and not as awful. And the actors and actresses they get are really good. Like, um, that's awesome. Um, but, but some of them are just hard to watch. And, and the first episode is definitely like, they're just going, Hey, if you're, you know, in on this, you can probably deal with anything else we'll do after this. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give that a look. I mean, cause that, that's reminiscent of the twilight zone. Right. Which I yeah. Loved. That's what I was thinking of. I loved watching reruns. Yeah. Of I would catch that on. I think Nick and Knight had it. I can't remember which, who, who was, um, uh, had it in syndication. They have marathons like every new year's great. Eve. Now. Yeah. They, they do twilight zone. They used to do outer limits. Um, yeah. outer limits is like wanted to be like an edgier twilight zone, but it never seemed to, it never hit those highs that twilight zone had. It never had mm-hmm. like that, you know, thing on the, yeah. on the wing of the plane moment or whatever, or the, <laughs> or the people with the pig faces. Like right. there's nothing in outer limits to that level that I will remember, you know, 30 well, years people, later, but you know. people remember it, I think, because of I mean, and I think this goes back to the discussion in general we're having is because there are few standout shows of this nature. You know right. what I mean? I mean, you the had, deal with this kind of one. subject. Right. Yeah. Right. Or, or other shows like Twilight Zone mm-hmm. and um, uh, Outer Limits. You had uh, Night Gallery as well. Yeah. I don't know if you guys ever saw even one episode of that because it's it's people who are into it have seen it i've never but, uh, seen it but i've heard of it i've heard of it yep. but i've never seen it either yeah i think i if i'm not mistaken i think it was rod sterling as well and i mm-hmm. think he either he or someone else uh, or someone else close to him painted the every picture for it and wow. it was actual a regi- re- legitimate original art for each episode that's cool um and it's just these were just great shows that told great stories some of them were hammy but they were just again like like American Horror Story takes one thing in a season and then that's the season that's the, the premise in the story mm-hmm. you're talking however many episodes these things had and they had to come up with a completely original right. story every time some of them were retells of old school stories and just kind of mm-hmm. inventions but a lot of these were original creations so you gotta applaud yeah. the amount of creativity these guys had yeah that's no easy task to come up because you've gotta build a world and explain it and have the payoff all in what was it an hour or a half hour yeah. some of them or less uh, yeah I well, mean that's incredible well there, there are shows that are like really intelligent like that about it where they don't build they build worlds that are very sensory built 
Mm-hmm. They don't really have to state much. They just kind of show a thing and show what's right. happening. And some of those Twilight Zone worlds are really, really small. Um, right. The the person, the kid that could turn people into Literally. other stuff with their mind, that's mostly yeah. just in that house. And mm-hmm. I don't think you ever see, like, the effects are all basically just, you know... Confined to that one location, yeah. But, I mean, the shots, it's like a camera shot, turn the camera off, put a thing there, turn the camera back on. That was the effect they were doing most of the time. Or even just shoot a well, shadow on the wall. Did you see the movie that they made later of the Twilight? I of the Twilight did Zone? see the, the movie, the part film? with the ambulance drivers that yeah. the, the, at the very end. <laughs> you want to see something scary? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that no, was that, later on. I, I'm talking about the original, like black yeah, and white. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, since we're talking about black and white and things from the '60s, I kind of want to bring up. Bates Motel. Have either of you guys seen that? Not yet. I saw the first I mean, season of Bates list. Motel, and it didn't seem very horror, though. It seemed more. Oh, yeah. it, it seemed like they were trying to make a longer standing, like. I don't mean like a CW show. I mean, just like they're trying right. to make like a longer standing character out of this. And it right. works well for some. It, it works yeah. well for that show. I think, I think it's cool. And I think this was recently done with. Uh, Riverdale. I didn't see Riverdale. Riverdale is amazing. But, like, it's not um, a horror show, but I'll tell you right, right now, right. Like, Riverdale blew me off my... Like, I, I couldn't believe they had taken that that subject matter and made something that dark and that good out of it. Yeah. And it's still a little hokey to some degree, but, like, they, they subvert a lot of tropes about Archie that everybody kind of realized were there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the Archie's sort of mediocreness that, he, that the character kind of embodies, like, this mediocre all-American boy thing. Mm-hmm. And in, in the show, you can tell that he feels like he should be that character, like he's special. But the show kind of has everybody else react to him as if, yeah, you're, you're all right. You, you do good for what you're doing. But you're not special. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people here who can do things and they're good at them. It doesn't make you necessarily a special person. Right. And I kind of like wow. that about that. And I also like that for some reason, Archie has the most ridiculous abs on a high school student you've ever seen. <laughs> like, he's always taking his shirt off. And, and, and I found out later the actor's not actually even white. He's like Samoan or something. He's just really? a really pale Samoan whose hair they dyed red. <laughs> wow. Well, that's kind of something I wanted to bring up with Bates Motel is that um, I kind of like taking this idea. I mean, Psycho is a is an iconic horror movie oh, for some people, maybe the iconic horror movie. And um, I think it's cool when you delve into the past of this character and they tried to do that with the sequels. But I don't th- I feel like they weren't terribly successful. Um in doing that and something that the TV show does is kind of like you're talking about Riverdale. It takes certain things and flips them on their head. You know, you think this is going to go one way, but it goes another way. But then you start to see, um, I think we've watched the second season maybe, but you start to see him going toward the Norman that we know from psycho. And it's really cool to just sort of know where the train's going, but you're just enjoying the ride. And I also want to say that the I can't remember his name, but the actor who plays Norman Bates does an excellent job of sort of mimicking. What's his name? Freddie Highmore. Freddie Freddie Highmore. Right. Mm -hmm. That's it. Um, He does a great job of sort of being like Anthony Perkins was 
Is that his name? Anthony Perkins? Yeah, he, he's very, he has a very unsettling air about him. Yeah, he's like and detached. Almost. The, the unsettlingness is there from the start of the show, but yeah. it gets worse as things happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, there's some stuff with his mother early on that definitely Surprise. adds to it. Spoiler alert. And um, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't say what happened. I know. Um, I'm just, I'm just joking because it's Norman Bates and he said yeah, something Spoiler alert for a movie that happened in the '60s <laughs> and told us the story about this character. But, right. um, but basically, my only problem with that sort of show is I don't like when a show has to go back and sort of fill in, like any kind of prequel really, has to fill in blanks about a character. I would actually prefer it if they just said that this is the same character and this is modern times. We're going to start fresh and just go forward. And some of the things about this character will be the same. Some of them won't. Because well, you run into that Star Wars prequel problem where they start inventing solutions for right. problems, no one, for questions no one asked. But I think the the thing about Bates Motel that you're missing is it's not a prequel to Psycho because it is modern day. So they still have that out that they can take a different tact. And there have been times in the story where you're like, oh, I know where this. Oh, crap. That didn't go where I thought it was going. (laughs) And um, and I feel like in the second season, it got a little crazier in a in a good way and a bad way Um, but I for me that's something I like about it is that it's not a prequel to it in the way that the Star Wars episode one through three were prequels to the movies because we don't know that he's actually going to end up exactly like he was you know what I'm saying oh well yeah I'm I'm reading some of the information we we see but I'm there's a lot of pretty twisted stuff I'm reading. Yeah. <laughs> we, we see a lot of shows do the prequel set in modern day, but also <coughs> Gotham. No, no, not even no, Gotham. No, no. I was thinking not about, uh, I was thinking about, what do you <laughs> call it? Um, the Taken TV show. The Taken TV show. There's both a Taken TV a, show? It, don't even watch it. Jeez. It wants to both <laughs> be a planning prequel. I planning on it. I didn't even know it existed. It, it, it wants but to be a, both a prequel right. and be also a standalone thing. Like the network won't say it's a prequel, wow. but it takes place in modern day, but the character is younger and he's not, you know, married yet or part of this right. agency. And so the show basically just kind of follows him becoming an agent from what I saw at the beginning like his sister gets killed and he tries to join this agency and why do people care so much about this character that's what I want to know that one movie I think should have been enough I I think the problem is is that it's one of those characters like there was a lot of uh, a lot of film studios that were trying to auction off their properties as TV shows and Mm -hmm. it worked well for some of them the show for um, what do you call it um the buddy cop movie. What's it called? With um, the good guys? No, no, no. The buddy cop movie that had I have um, no idea. Oh, shit. Now Mel Gibson and uh, Danny. Oh, the Lethal Weapon show. Yeah. yeah, that show is amazing. It it's really good. Like it doesn't seem like it would be good, and I don't know how Fox is affording to shoot it because there is a car crash and there's a car chase every episode. But <laughs> it's it's a good show. It's a solid show, and um, I watched that. I heard about The Exorcist not being good. That got canceled already. And there's some there's others. Exorcist show? Yeah, I didn't I'm even so know that disconnected. existed. They're, 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 this last season, we saw like oh, the other show that was really good that got canceled too was Frequency, like the movie Frequency that came out in the early 2000s. <laughs> 
I heard that that was really the good. The show yeah. is superb. Like, And I felt bad about it because the show was a really good first season. It got canceled. Well, and, and that w- falls in our wheelhouse because that's kind of that's got some sci-fi, some suspense it, yeah. to it. And, and, yeah. and one of the funniest things about it was that it's, it's, it's the same plot from the movie. Uh, this girl goes back in time to save her father. Using well, not going in time. She uses a radio that can travel through time. Like the radio right. signal travels back to her father, and she warns him about Sunspots. a a a um a yeah. murder that's going to happen to him. So he averts the murder, but in doing so, her mother dies in the present, yeah. or her mother Don't vanishes. Don't mess with the timeline ever. And so, mm-hmm. what they're trying to figure out is what he did that night before he died that he can't remember that changed her mother from getting murdered and mm-hmm. stopped these other murders from happening. And so they're trying to solve the murder in two time periods. And what's cool wow. is she'll find evidence in the present and go, okay, dad, I found this evidence, but two people have already died, you know, between the times we're talking. So if you can go back and use this same evidence I have now to find that evidence back then, you can prevent these two murders. And they're right. doing that and trying to figure out a way to fix her mom's murder. And the season, the season ending had a cliffhanger coming up and we just stopped watching it before we got there because we're like this show might get canceled so let's just let it sit here and (laughs) you know and not watch anymore and it ended up getting canceled (laughs) well shifting back to the to more to the topic on hand um did you guys ever watch um dark shadows no the vampire no i've wanted to go back and watch it though it's a little bit of a hard sit now, but I remember watching it back when I was uh, much younger, like middle school, early high school, watching it on reruns on um, Sci-Fi Channel when they were running it during the day. Mm-hmm. They don't watch that Johnny Depp movie because it's not. <laughs> it was bad. What I won't watch show was. any Johnny Depp movies except for like Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. <laughs> I'm excited about the new one. I need to see it. Um, but the, the the idea behind that one was you had a vampire character um, that it was this kind of soap opera esque show now was, that had some genuinely scary dark moments to it. Hmm. Was this um, was this like the sixties or the nineties? Because wasn't there? A... No, 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 no. This was the sixties. I think they oh, okay. tried to make another one later. Okay. Uh, I may be thinking Is it of like Battlestar Galactica, where they made like one show and then like <laughs> ten years later a second show and then like twenty years later another show. <laughs> oh, I think the show I was thinking no, of was, was Forever 66. Night. Forever oh yes, Night. Forever Night. Night is a trip. There's like a cop That's vampire or some shit. Yes, I want to see and that. His name, his name was something Knight. Oh my god, it was not, was it? It was like like Derek Derek Knight. Knight. Yeah. Is he related to the uh, Michael Um, Knight? (laughs) Right. They were were cousins. His cousin had the car that... And also, uh, Kindred the Embraced was around that time. That was one I've seen episodes of here and there. What about Aliens? Here's my thing. The Alien show. Well, hold on. For uh, uh, Kindred, was it that based off of the Vampire the Masquerade books? Okay. Okay. Or no, it I was it was it was like a it was like one of those things where I think a network bought like property from the some shit they didn't understand and were just like it's vampires, right? Whatever, and it just made a thing out of it. <laughs> well, since from the nineties, I think I, I just thought, why aren't we talking about Buffy? Oh man, here it is. Uh, okay, <laughs> go, go ahead, Justin. I, I mean, I'm not gonna like just trash Buffy because I know my friend will be very mad if I sit here and just trash it, <laughs> and she ever gets wind of it. But it's, I mean, it, it, it's aged badly. Nobody I'll say that. Oh, I mean, you I, said I, dates I, bad. 
it, it, it's aged badly. It's just it's aged yeah. badly. I I, uh, I tried to introduce a friend of mine to it recently, and she'd never seen it. And we got like two episodes in, and she's like, "These effects are terrible." I was like, "Yeah, they are. They are <laughs> unpassable terrible." Also. You have to tell anyone because I'm a huge fan of Buffy and I've recently rewatched all of Buffy and all of Angel. And I'll say right up front, it's not for everyone. So I'm not trying to convert anyone, but you have to let people know when they sit down to watch it that the first season and some of the second season is a slog. And there are episodes that are just horrible and you have to get over that because to me, they had to spread their wings. They had to get a little right. And there are times where it definitely shows that it was a WB or CW or whatever the hell it was back then um, show, and that it, <laughs> enough care wasn't given sometimes. Oh and yeah, you can see you know stunt people, and there are some things that <laughs> don't exactly work right. But I feel like the most important part of shows like this are the characters for me. And at times Joss Whedon's characters can be pretty cartoony, but I kind of like that. Well, I think that's the way he writes his dialogue. I, I, I mean, yeah. His, his style, his, oh, style his dialogue. dialogue is, is the draw for him. So it's, it's their band. Right. I, but one I'll thing say, about the dialogue I'll say real quick is watching angel. By the time I had rewatched Buffy and angel this last time, I was tired of every single character in his universe talking the same way same there was like this humor. demon yeah. that would come to fight angel and he's like this three thousand year old demon and he's come to kill him because he's mad at him and he's using the same phrases that buffy uses yeah that kind of got on my nerves and, and i also say that I, I this is probably a controversial statement angel's a better show uh it was oh, a shorter show it didn't i would agree i would, it, agree. It, I would agree it didn't get the good send-off because the no. see the wb was just mad at joss whedon yeah they canceled they his show for another show that didn't make it half the season after that mm-hmm. and and it, and it, it shows was, when you watch the last season oh season, the last season of flat. angel is really good tv and honestly i think the only problems in angel are the weird pregnancy plot line they pulled season four but like <laughs> well, it just seems like of, they're trying to screw over charisma carpenter <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what it that, seems like that all that season. But they, they, it was a darker show. I felt like, and also it wasn't f- like fake dark because right. Buffy, Buffy had some really weird places it went at some points mm-hmm. that were unnecessary. The whole magic equals drugs plot line they pulled. Yeah. those sorts but of I things think, were just. I think you're talking when you talk about the dichotomy between those two shows. I think you're looking at something that two different feels of show and two. Man, I'm probably going to get nailed to something for this, but. Two, I think, targets. Because I think sure. Buffy was actually aimed at teenagers, young adults, that kind of thing. And I think its topics and ways it went about things were in that realm. It was. And I think Angel was more geared toward people that liked comic books and wanted more something akin to four color. Yeah, but, but here's the, the superhero show. Here's the yeah. problem superhero with that, detective. though, is that I think Buffy shifted out of that mode, season three in the four, and became more like what Angel was, because the, the two shows were running at the same time. He left in season yeah. three, and season four and season one of Angel are together. And so mm-hmm. I think that when he left the show, Buffy was already on its way to being, because after she left high school, the show loses its way. They do that whole college thing. It's really goofy and kind of clumsy and the sad part about Angel and Buffy is that Angel's the better show overall but the high points in Buffy are really high the musical episode yeah, Hush I agree with that. those are really high points yeah, but those. Hush yeah. is a yeah. great episode in a shit season the musical episode yeah. is a great episode in a shit season, a shit season. and, and, and yeah, it's like those are you know 
it's it's and, really hard to watch that now, even the right. later seasons. Yeah. I, I would agree with that assessment. And I, I feel like I have more fun watching Angel. I have I consistently have more fun watching Angel and it's more interesting. But then like you said, Buffy, you know, those highs can get pretty so, high. Not to not to, to so that I'm not we so that I don't feel like we're leaning into a chauvinist side because we are three three males uh, <laughs> and and it is a female lead versus a male lead. So right. there's probably going to be some call out on that. I will say another show that came, was out around this time that I truly enjoyed that I'm going to get shit about. Zena. I really liked Charmed. Uh, See, I've never seen much of Charmed. So. I like Charmed after it got rid of its weird first season problems. It's like Buffy. I mean, it's got Alyssa Milano in it, so I like it because well, of yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's Charmed had a problem early on where it doesn't really know. Like it, it sort of followed that Buffy um, sort of sense of a monster of the week thing. I think once it yeah. started to get more focused on like the White Lighters and you know the, the war plot, between, yeah, the actual, it gets yeah, much the better. Development of the characters. But, there. No, it was it was very much a a not just monster of the week, but plot line of the week yeah. as well. The whole like, uh oh, what are we gonna deal with this time? <laughs> but I I I really felt I identified more with those three sisters and the things they dealt with and doing this dichotomy between a normal life and having these supernatural powers and supernatural things going on than I did with the Buffy crew. Oh, yeah, well, well, and I think the Buffy crew was more my age group with what they were definitely. trying to portray. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't identify with those characters. Well, I think one of the problems with, with Buffy in terms of like, I feel like you, if you're going to go like a whole female representation thing, Buffy had a female main character, but it didn't treat female characters particularly better. And nope. the cast on Angel was more diverse and the cast diversity mm-hmm. was treated better and also spoken about. There's some stuff that happens on Angel that I just didn't expect to see in a WB show. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of it did with Angelus when he comes back. Um, they they <laughs> treat Faith yeah. like shit on Buffy. They basically like yeah. slut shame Faith. They, uh, Dushka was such a good she's, actress she, She's though. leaps and bounds Holy better shit. than most of the actors there. And the original plot line they gave Faith was she stabbed somebody on accident who she thought was a vampire. And they basically drag her under like, okay, this mistake makes her turn evil. And more or less what happens is Buffy hates her and then she does this mistake. And then Buffy kind of basically helps everybody else's drag her down until she's like well if you're going to make me out to be evil I'm going to be evil and then they redeem her on Angel and the redemption story plays out much better than the whole downfall story did Absolutely. on top of that I mean that's because what Angel is about but, but but on top of that like they yeah. were always trying to make it out to be Faith is like the sluttier slayer and she's bad because she's doing this and do it and it was always just it, kind of, it sat wrong with me and then a lot of Xander stuff sat wrong with me Xander was like abusive to both his girls friends yeah he was just terrible person. and so a lot of that stuff on on buffy for all the female credit gets angel treated the women characters better the ones mm-hmm. that were there like i loved fred i thought fred had a much more clear yep. you know through line for that show and uh you know the gun's like the only black person in the buffy universe <laughs> and there's there, there's a and he's real, a gangbanger yeah, he's a gangbanger who hunts vampires, which I was like, <laughs> okay, so this is a little weird, but I'll I'll take it. But, um, and there's like, actually a let a me thing. interject. There's yeah. actually a scene where he's walking up to something, and they literally play Gangsters Paradise. Um, I don't literally that. license that song to play 
over the black guy walking into a place. Well, yeah, they 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 did Yikes. some, but they did some subversion of it too. Like, yeah, you know, Gun well, Gun Gun was the street smart one, but he wasn't dumb, and he also realized that the people around him kind of saw him as muscle, and that bothered him. And so when mm-hmm. Angelus brings that up later, and uh, the stuff with him and Wesley was really well done. Like, there's a line Angelus yeah. says where uh, basically it's like on the verge of him breaking up with Fred, and you know he's Angelus is locked in a cage because that's where you keep Angelus when he's loose. And he basically tells Gun, he's like, you know, you couldn't keep Fred because for the first time in your life you weren't dark enough. And I was like, oh shit, I can't believe they just put that on TV. <laughs> and uh, after I that happened, that. I want to say he shoots Angelus like nearly fatally with a crossbow and just leaves him on the floor because he doesn't want to be down there dealing with him anymore. And, you know, that was the sort of thing that show did a lot of the time that just it wasn't happening on mainstream Wesley TV. Wesley goes pretty then. dark. Yeah. I, I will say um, uh, that Angel, I, I agree that Angel was a better show. And I feel like one of the reasons is just because Angel to me is inherently a more interesting character um, because I feel like Buffy in a way is a little bit one note because sure he's subverting something, but I feel like they leaned on that too often in Buffy and it's sort of this almost uh, plasticky fake girl power thing. It, I don't know how much further you go past. Okay, we get it. She was a cheerleader, but now she hunts vampires. And, right. Okay, and and when it. characters came off of Buffy to Angel, they became more interesting suddenly. Yeah. Like if, I mean, when, yeah, in the instances Cordelia. You, yeah, Cordelia yeah, was She's a, one of my favorite characters after was Angel. A, much yeah, better. was a one-note character. And mm-hmm. even um, characters who did guest spots, like they had uh, a little bit of Willow on there. And I, mm-hmm. I liked the Willow they showed on there better because it wasn't, she wasn't so burdened by the whole, everybody He's like, oh man, you're going to do magic. It's dangerous. You could turn evil. So he just kind of right. does it over there, and it's fine. Right. And and I mean, I know we're going going really deep into these two shows, but they're like that's no, they're worth watching. Those, these were those two shows for a lot of fandom. As much as I like, I, I don't really enjoy uh, Buffy anymore. Those two shows pretty much like just nailed that market down for shows to come later. And the only mm-hmm. other show like that, which I can't believe no one mentioned this because before Buffy well, and Angel, X-Files. It. Because before yep. that, that show, that show not only changed horror shows, it also, that whole thing. That just changed TV, period. Yeah, that whole thing you see in like CSI where someone t- has a video that, and they say enhance, that's straight from X-Files. <laughs> that was never done anywhere before that. That's that's just an X-Files thing. Yeah. And this, X-Files handled the monster of the week one of the best ways possible i never felt like i was just getting a yet another one i was hungry to hear these stories i wanted to see how they dealt with these things and for some reason it's older than buffy and it's aged better i think it's because they just the effects they leaned on were way more practical and less i guess everything's relative because i've i've watched some x files recently and it seemed pretty dated and they actually had the revival, the uh, little season they released and the stories that they told were very dated. Like they had not updated the stories they were telling. There were a couple of decent episodes, but I, I did not. And I, I feel like one thing X-Files did bring to the table that wasn't done really before was the overarching mythology that they set up and the myth arc that got people interested 
And, yeah. you know, they would have some episodes dedicated to that. And then some were just complete one offs. And for me personally, the I wasn't a huge X-Files fan. I watched it a little bit, but I felt like the the over arcing story that they had for the most recent season just wasn't interesting. And it didn't go anywhere that made sense or was fun. But like the little one off episodes, there's one character. He was hilarious and I had a lot of fun with that but like just the overall story I feel like the writers were still stuck in you know 1996 or whenever that show went off the air I mean it went off in 99 but I, I, 99. I'll, I'll tell you that like the thing about X actually it was after 99 it was like 04 because the show ran for nine seasons but I, I'll tell you one thing like the show the new show it's helped a lot more by you watching the old show and really knowing it well and both movies and everything because it really builds from there some of the complaints the new show got was basically that it was too political but I was like well no if you've watched the old show the old show is very political like it's not that they take a hard stance right or left it's just that the things Mulder says are if you're living in the time period where these things are relevant they're very upsetting and some of the things Mulder was saying back in the 90s didn't become relative until recently like he was talking about FEMA camps in the 90s and no Mm -hmm. one was mentioning the word FEMA back then and so when he brings it up now in the new show people go whoa 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 you can't say that I'm like no you can because that is something that he was saying before this is how Mulder's always been and I think that's the important thing to really note is that yeah it's kind of stuck back there but for Mulder it, he is stuck back there the guy's been well, on the run from the law right for now. you know a decade now and I'm not talking about the characters I'm talking about the style of writing I oh. feel like that the structure of the actual season has not matured with you know like I said earlier I like Mad Men because there's there's a story that goes through it and and you experience the life of this character and I I just feel like some of the other prestige dramas that are out today the new X-Files season didn't have didn't understand that the structure of television has changed and it's not as capsulated to one hour episodes it's not that it's changed yeah that's the thing I haven't I have not watched it yet but if I was going to comment on it I would say I don't know that the show itself felt it needed to because it was going back to that original television show. I think in their minds when they made it, they're going, there was a style. Right. There was a way this was shot. There was a reason this was popular in, in that time. Let's try to rekindle that. And, and also, that's fair, it's mark. It, it, and that's fair, but I... I f- I just feel like that's a mistake and and that we can have that difference. That's fine. But I, I feel like sure. they could have done so much more if they would have gone with the times and tried to create something that was more than what the show used to be. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I, I think the other yeah. thing is that you're you're making a, you're talking about Mad Men and talking about stuff like that. Those shows are very short in their run time in their in their run per season and that's something that X-Files has never had to deal with they've always had a 22 or 19 episode season or whatever it was back then and so for them right. to write eight episodes and push them out they just kind of wrote them like they were doing the 22 episodes and they just kind of shrunk that down and I think that that's okay I think that it hasn't changed so much like Supernatural had to do that once they had a short season during oh, the writer's strike and there it is and, I've been um, waiting all, I've been waiting this entire episode well, for you to bring yeah, the thing, like, like <laughs> I, I've, I've watched that show five times through almost now. So, but I mean, they had a short season, and I think that when a when, when I think that it's hard for non-cable writers who aren't British to write a short TV show. And I think yeah. that it, that if you're used to 
watching regular network TV, X-Files is fine because it's really not a prestige drama. It's on Fox. It's not something that you're going to get on AMC. And maybe that's my mistake. And, I was and, expecting and, and too I much. Think, <laughs> I think you should you, you'd be better off <laughs> comparing Honestly. it to something like Gotham, which the writing's apparently shit on. To you know, then they're comparing it like an AMC show because those shows just have a budget. Fox is not going to give anybody money. They tried to cancel X Files. They only kept that show on back when it first came out because they were like, "This is cheap as fuck to produce," and people <laughs> are sort of watching it. And it, that that kind of gave it life for the first two seasons. It's not until season three it had a real following, and then by like season six, everyone was watching it. And so yeah. it was yeah. one of those things that got they got big well, later on. And I mean that's what, fair. Oh, go ahead. No, you're good. I was gonna say what drew me to it is is like I never really felt like there was anything. I don't know. There may have been other material out there that could have been in that same wheelhouse, but like being the age I was and wanting to see something like that, that to me was the draw at the time. Like when you talk about like like you know by season six people were watching it. I think that was part of it. Is is like you really didn't have anything that really had that level of acting, had that level of writing. Um, and dealt and with weird characters shit. that people knew. <laughs> yeah, and just dealt with just straight up weird stuff that just didn't... Like, and I think that's why Supernatural has had such longevity too is because mm-hmm. you, have, you have good characters that are relatable. You have fun stories that are weird and different. And you have... Um, Let's just call call it like it is. Act, good looking actors that people want to watch more and more and more of. David Duchovny, very good looking guy. Um, oh, Scully, Jillian Anderson, beautiful woman. You want to see her on screen? Look at the two guys that are playing the uh, the Winchester brothers. Good looking guys. You want to see them succeed? Yeah, you know those are those are Texas boys. You know too. They're opening a bar here in Austin soon. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw Jensen yeah. Ackles doing that. Yeah, and, and no, but the the thing the thing about both. X-Files and Supernatural they have in common that people don't usually draw a line between is that it, there was a time back in the 90s and probably late 80s when a channel that was above no, like 20 in most cities was considered, you know, a lower channel, like a channel mm-hmm. that wasn't ABC, NBC, CBS. Right. Those channels were not the big three and they were newer networks. They were younger they were cheaper networks and they were producing like what was considered not as high quality TV. And, you mm-hmm. know, your law and orders and stuff like that came out of the bigger networks and they had these bigger budgets. And one of the things that's always been a staple of like the higher numbers through CW, WB slash UPN slash um, Fox has been that like they've they've allowed these supernatural like fantasy horror dramas to breeze in a way that they just would not get like these right. shows cannot Things survive on, the on on low, low on lower channel numbers like supergirl was on um nbc i think it was before or cbs cbs and they canceled it because they they were spending so much per episode and they're like this thing's only getting like eight million viewers and you're mm-hmm. like the eight million viewers is a shit ton if you're on fox or cw but eight million viewers right. to them is not enough when they can you know look at a big bang theory pulling in 13 14 million a night and right. constantine oh, same thing that. constantine got canceled on NBC because oh, same I thing they were spending all that this money really good. I saw the I first really episode but I mean it looked I liked good it a lot. And just, it was good and, and the actor that played really him did a good. really good job and I was surprised at how good it was being a network 
television show yes. and being John Constantine and being a Vertigo title. I was highly well, impressed. And he came back really in uh, Arrow, I think. There, there are two Vertigo yeah. titles on TV. There were two. And they were both really well done shows. And w- one of them you could clearly tell was going to survive and one of them was not. And like <laughs> when I saw iZombie, I was like, this show is going to survive because it, it's, yeah. as dumb as the, the concept was, I, I was watching it as a joke and the show is great. And and Supernatural, yeah, that's a fun Supernatural survives because it's on a network. Like the network president basically came out last year and he says, as long as these guys keep showing up, I'll keep renewing this show. And they're going into their twelfth <laughs> season now or thirteenth season. I don't remember. Which was, I say bring it on. I like. I mean, I love I it. Like the show, it. the show, the show has some missteps, and there's definitely these times. Like one of my favorite things about the show is that when the show was originally conceived, it was a five season show, and the 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 head writer quit after season five, and so. So he told the other guys who were there with them, hey, you can keep writing this show and I'll just give it to you. And it, there's not like a British, you know, network thing here in America where you can just take a break for a season and come back and start yeah. the show up. They're like, you need to keep writing this show immediately. If you're going to write this show, it needs to <laughs> yeah. start in fucking October and be ready to go. And those guys clearly did not have a plan and they just like, hit the ground running with some bullshit and the season's so clumsy and even with Was the, that when they brought in the Leviathan? No, no. Season 6. This is when they brought in the Mother of All Things and the Alphas. Oh, that was it was that weak. Was it's season. weak, but it's still okay to watch. Because Sam and Dean are there, and you've got right. these characters <laughs> that you like, Castiel, and they they bring in more Crowley and Meg, and you're just like, oh man, I, I'm still enjoying this. Like, it's not as good story wise, but I can just watch these guys the do anything. And, I definitely have yeah, to those watch characters. it. And and by the time, oh yeah, you'd love it. Dude. By the time this show gets back on its feet. It, you know, and what's one of the other funny things is that a lot of shows you'll hear like Game of Thrones or something. They'll be like, yeah, we had this whole conversation plotted out season one. We waited four seasons to drop it. The guys at Supernatural <laughs> are like, yeah, one day we came into the room and someone was like, hey, why don't we just uh, bring Canaan uh, from Cain and Abel in there and we'll have a knife for it that can kill anything. Cool, we'll do that. They they have a Mark of Cain <laughs> plot line that they dropped in like season nine or something that was a that day they did it. They wrote it they were like oh let's just do this and that plot line carried them for like three seasons because can you imagine i mean we've all played dnd so we all we all have our own (laughs) kind of concepts on characters could you imagine just like some random shit that came into your head just saying yeah fuck it let's throw it on tv and see what happens and then it happens and then it works well i mean i can't fathom that the thing about the the mark of cain thing like one of the good things about it is that it doesn't have the it, like a lot of problems with TV show plots or like supernatural plots is that they'll give them some weapon and then the weapon is so powerful they have to be like well if they have this weapon it has to have some limitation the cult had a limited number of bullets but then later on they learn to make more bullets for it and then like they have the de- the demon knife which we're never really clear on what it's going to kill and what it won't kill because at first right. it was killing any demon they stab but then they stab Alistair later and he just kind of shrugs it off so we're like there's a level of demon it won't kill but we don't know where that level begins or where it ends and so there was never a clearly defined it was just kind of like it's the plot protects this character they won't die from it but the thing that made the, right. the plot armor well yeah the thing that made the the cane cane's knife the first blade they called it the thing they made that special was that it didn't need that it could kill almost anything in the universe you know an angel or a demon or whatever the drawback was that the person who could wield it was had to have a mark of cane 
and the market cane basically drives you insane. Like it makes you a crazy murderous person. Like at one point, they don't even show it happened. One of the brothers murders like 40 people in a single like, you know, go because they trapped him. And he's like, you need to let me go. If you don't let me go, I'm going to kill you and your whole family line. Just let me out of here and leave before I get loose. And he gets loose and just kills women, children, everybody in the building. He can't wow. stop himself. And so that was the drawback. And that was a drawback that wasn't like kryptonite where it just was plot drawback. It was a real emotional drawback because it takes a toll on them. And it also, you know, because they, they would hurt friends sometimes or family if you had this problem. Yeah, and, these characters are vulnerable. It makes them relatable. And, and they're still just and humans. Like, they're, no one's supernatural beings yet. They're still human. Mm-hmm. And they, they get powers occasionally, temporarily, or they get an angel in their body or some shit. But they're never, like, you, you never feel like they're invincible. And it makes it where you can take on the devil season five and still go from there to weaker enemies. And you still feel like, well, there's some danger they could die here. Yeah, uh, right, right. Well, guys, I think we're getting just about to the hour mark, and I want to make sure we we do kind of a a kind of you know encapsulate this thing and, and make sure we get any kind of final points in in this last bit. So, Levi, any any last pieces you want to talk about for this? Yeah, have you guys seen Scream Queens? No, I started Ryan watching Murphy on the Fox. first one. Do you know about it, Gil? No, I don't it's, know about this one. <laughs> Educate me. It's by Ryan Murphy, who did uh, American Horror Story and uh, Glee and all those shows. And it's basically all of these slasher movie tropes. And it's very tongue in cheek. And it's done extremely well. And someone gets killed like every episode, at least one person. And um, all the characters are sort of these very extreme stereotypes oh you God. see in horror movies and one of my favorites is uh do you remember niecy nash from reno 911 yeah, she was the yeah, african-american yeah. police officer kind of with a big mouth yeah. she plays yeah, yeah. a security guard on the campus and she's one of the funniest <laughs> characters she talks about herself in the third person and but and it also stars uh, jamie lee curtis she's the dean and um i can't remember uh the other actresses right now but it's it centers around a sorority and there's all kinds of different um horror tropes it's kind of like american horror story but it's a lot lighter and i definitely recommend it to anyone out there that uh likes horror movies specifically slasher movies and has a good sense of humor because you can have a lot of fun with that show if you just get into it <laughs> yeah i'm gonna give this a shot this looks hilarious but yeah, that's all I got to say. Um, I I feel like I, I'm glad that the rise of horror shows has kind of come back during this age of television because we can get some more quality takes on this and everything we mentioned, yes. AHS, True Blood. I even enjoyed True Blood. My wife made me watch it and I ended up thoroughly enjoying it. Um, and to everything like Bates Motel, the sort of smaller shows that explore you know smaller pieces of the horror world i i just think it's a lot of fun and i'm glad it's something we can have now that that door is sort of opened i agree justin what do you got um i was gonna say that it's sad we, we only went for an hour like we we could probably go longer on this there's a lot of things we just didn't oh, hit on absolutely. and I, I think that this would probably be the opening of us you know doing some tv related stuff uh sure. we could we could probably you know like take like a thing and watch 
the first three episodes or something or two episodes or something. I'm down for and, that. Oh, and be, just, absolutely. And just kind of make that, that a jumping point. And you might find a show you really enjoy. You might find a show you don't particularly enjoy, but you get something out of it. But I was going to say that like one of the one of the things is that like we didn't really even hit like there's there's so many levels of this. Um, and I know I'm going to get some shit for this probably is Vampire Diaries is one of those things where I, I will defend that shit to my death because it <laughs> I've is never just, seen them. it's a very good show that has a very shitty start the first five episodes are terrible <laughs> and the show hits the ground running after that and and it's there's a lot of shows like that out there that are that just wouldn't get this sort of chance if it had been the if 90s we cover if we cover that we will have to have ricky on here and it will just be me and levi sitting back and listening to the two of you gush on this show <laughs> well, the thing is and that, it will be amazing the thing is that like we have wildly different opinions about the show and it, it's it's one of those things like i've watched the show and i know a lot of people who watched it or quit watching it and it's, there's a lot of varying opinions and another thing i'll say is it's not particularly horror but there are definitely horror elements things like doctor who like that that yes. gets away with horror now because horror mm-hmm. is so in the public consciousness. The Doctor Who Absolutely. can grab, a, can do some, it can do good horror. It can, it can do really good horror with the writers there, and it's not the best effects, not the best acting all the time, but they definitely have these plots you have to think about. And um, I, I would say that that's one of the things that that kind of surprises me when people classify stuff as horror. I I didn't used to think I was a horror person or I watched very much horror, but like, mm-hmm. I've always watched Supernatural and I watch Buffy and Angel and X-Files. And so when people, and, you know, I watch True Blood and, and all these other shows I mentioned earlier, and like people will come and they'll go, oh, do you, do you watch this? And like, what genre is this? Oh, it's horror. I'm like, uh, is it? I guess, I guess that's <laughs> what it is. And so it's, it's something that might sneak up on you because you're just seeing it on TV. But I think that's good because it exposes people to something that they might not have sought out otherwise. 100% agree. And that's actually where I was going to go with my closing comment is this is, uh, it makes me happy that I can have both the nostalgia effect of when I say, hey guys, have you ever seen Tales from the Crypt? And they're like, oh God, that thing scared the hell out of me when I was a kid. But it branches into being able to talk about all these other amazing shows we have now that I never would have thought would have been this uh, prevalent. Um, because I, you know, we have these onesie twosies. Like I say, I watched the Beetlejuice cartoon when I was a kid. Watched, oh yes, um, yeah. Are you afraid of the Adam's dark? family? Are you afraid of the dark? Adam's family. All these great shows, but it seemed like they were era specific. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, like the '90s had the you know the adults watched X Files, quote unquote, and if you were a kid, you watched Are You Afraid of the Dark. Uh, if your parents were uh, crazy as mine, they let me watch uh, Tales from the Crypt occasionally and scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me. Um, but in general, there was certain things that hit at certain time periods. But I think now we're in the spot where these things are prevalent. They're out there. People are enjoying them. And like, like you said at the very top, the very top of this episode, the fact that a, a horror themed or horror adjacent show can be a water cooler conversation at work makes me happy that i live in the era we live in and get to enjoy these things absolutely love it um nim is just a total tv whore by the way you guys i i, I always hear him <laughs> upstairs and when we're when we're down under the uh under midnight layer he is just he, he's binging this stuff so i don't know who's paying for his netflix account but it's not me <laughs> um <laughs> but uh i think with that we're gonna put the nail in the coffin like normal um anything you guys want to uh pimp at the end of the show here or 
Deafening silence. Apparently, oh, deafening silence. just put some cricket noises right there. <laughs> I'll do that. Um, I guess I'll go uh, as usual. I'd like to uh, pimp out my YouTube series, Garage Movie Reviews. And basically all it is, it's little short bite-sized reviews that I do. I give a little bit of history of the movie. I tell you if you might like it, if you like such and such movie or you like such and such thing. I try to give you little tidbits to chew on. So you can check it out. You can search Garage Movie Reviews or Garage Movie Guy on YouTube. Excellent. Justin? Uh same things as always at ctk86 on twitter at lens justin on instagram uh nothing else going on right now when there is i'll let you know yeah his ongoing fight with dane cook is pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> dane cook wishes he had that kind of publicity yeah. <laughs> well uh like i always say guys all roads lead back to midnight layer uh if you want this and bone vault content your two uh links du jour are www.midnightlayershow.com that's midnightlayershow.com uh, and uh, fromthebonevault.podbean.com that's fromthebonevault.podbean.com so normally we would end this with telling you guys good night but I will say hey you know what stay tuned there's more to come stay scary everybody <laughs>